Hey there, welcome back to the Claim the Stage podcast. I'm Angela Lucier, your host. I'm also a speaker, author, and founder of the Speaking School for Women, an online training program for women who want to become pro speakers. Claim the Stage is a show for courageous women who want to follow their dreams by claiming their voice. I teach you how to do this by interviewing awesome people and sharing some of my own advice and stories. On today's show, I'm welcoming a very special guest and friend and mentor who has had a profound impact on my life, and it's such an honor to have her on my show. Martha Johnson is a pioneer in so many senses of the word. She is going to bring us her pioneering work that she developed 30 years ago in the 1980s when she made an interesting discovery during a sales training. I think you'll be really interested to learn what she found out when she asked a pivotal question and how that affected the future of her practice and the impact she made in her work. So without further ado, I introduce you to Martha Johnson. Martha Johnson is a life journey guide and mentor to those over 60 entering their third chapter of life with their now what questions. Known as a gentle and gifted encourager and deep listener who helps people cut to the heart of what matters to them, she was a pioneering force in exploring the oft unexamined connection between desire and results. Her willingness check process invites anyone who wants to live a life more true to themselves to actually become willing to do so. She's the author of Why Not Do What You Love, an invitation to calling and contribution in a world hungry for your gifts, and two volumes of courageous and daring poetry musing along the way. Her fourth journey book, Take Charge of the Rest of Your Life, the third chapter conversations which allow living fully, dying well, and not leaving a mess for your kids is in process for a 2017 release. For our audience of aspiring speakers, women who seek to more actively get their messages out into the world, I'm excited to conduct this interview with Martha. Her insights on the question, how willing are you to have the results in your life you say you want, is something to benefit anyone at any age who cares about actually creating the full, happy, authentic life and work they both desire and deserve. Welcome to the show, Martha. I'm really glad to be here, Angela. Great. So we have all kinds of stuff to talk about. <laughs> and yeah. I thought we should maybe start at the beginning. We'll go we'll go back in time to kind of get an understanding of how we ended up here today. Yeah. Now, you were in high school or back when the career options for women were typically seen as that of nurse or teacher or secretary. So how did you get here? Well, let me say, I am of that generation. I graduated college in 1961. My friend Winnie was one of six people at uh, Wharton, six women at Wharton, receiving harassment every day by her classmates. And my friend Helga was one of six women in Harvard Medical School at that time and receiving harassment. So that was a different generation. And at that time, psychology, which interests me so much, was more about pathology and rat experiments. And, and those were the days when, before the human potential movement found its place. And when positive thinking, which is what I so uh, believe today, and we all believe in it, uh, was kind of a woo-woo topic. So... Mm -hmm. 
you know, those were different days. So about 35 years ago, um, I was a bit of a pioneer, as you said in your introduction, because I like to get to the bottom of things. And I saw there was a link between the practice of development, organization and leadership and management and the necessity for equal attention to personal development. So in my earlier career, I and my partner, business partner, pioneered the Leadership Laboratory where people could bring their whole selves to the workplace and, and enrich what they wanted to do on the job with a personal uh, preferences and beliefs that supported them. Interesting, so interesting. I was just making, following my, following my nose and my career eventually found me. That's great. So I'm, I'm assuming that in the leadership laboratory, you were teaching skills like time management, team building, career development, and how to get things done. So how did this notion of willingness and personal mastery initially become part of your work in organizations? Well, I was certainly working on myself. Those were also the years of EST. People remember that. And uh, when there was a lot of attention being played to paid to personal development. So I worked on myself uh, and then began to uh, bring that into leadership laboratory and supervision courses. And I was teaching a supervision course one day with a colleague. And we had some time at the end. Uh, and I asked them, uh, it was about a three-day course, and we've been working hard on the, those skills you mentioned. And I asked them, well, you've all made an action plan. How is it that you, uh, how many of you are actually going to do the items on your action plan? And nobody raised their hand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, nobody raised their hand. What have you doing for three days? <laughs> so um, I asked them. And this was because the question was in my mind and I was starting to work with these issues. I asked them, why might you be unwilling to do what you've just declared on your list that you think you would like to do? And they started telling me. And one of them said, um, <clears throat> well, if I go back with this idea, my manager won't really support me. Another person said, well, you know, if I go back with this idea, uh, my team knows I've been at training and they're kind of cynical and oh, she, she'll come back with ideas, but it'll pass in about three weeks. And then another person said, well, I'm not really sure that I feel able to use this idea. I'm a little scared of what people will say. So that's what happened. And I was, uh, um, I don't want to know where I was demolished or I was excited about the fact that I had not been teaching what people really needed to know. Yeah, that was a huge moment for you, I think, to have the courage to ask the question of who's going to actually do the work. I think a lot of workshop presenters are nervous about what's going to happen when the workshop ends, but they don't ever 
<laughs> address it. So the fact that you addressed it, I think is really interesting. And the fact that they were honest with you about not doing anything about the work created a window for you to then decide, well, how can we make this better? And, and I love that you really heard what they said and did something with this. So how, how has this revelation changed the direction of your work? Well, keep in mind, you know, this was 35 years ago. We were not talking at that time about limiting beliefs. 35 years ago, to talk about something like that, because um, I was clearly had been aware, well, their beliefs about themselves and their possibilities were what was in the way, and we couldn't really talk about that. It was relegated to the therapist's couch. And so I remember being slightly nervous about having this conversation, but nevertheless, I continued to have them. And because and, I'm not a therapist and I'm not a psychologist and sort of proud of it. Um, and, and it was one day uh, a therapist called me up at home and said, because I was leading classes out of my home, and she said, what? are you doing over there? Really? <laughs> yes. And I was, first was very nervous because, you know, the professional boundaries, etc., between what I was doing and what, you know, other people were trained to do. And I, she's, but then she said, well, I basically said, well, I help people get results, get out of their own way and get results. And she then said, well, I'm calling because one of my clients is in your class and she has been going gangbusters ever since she's been with you. And so I breathe a sigh of relief <laughs> because anytime you can give somebody the tools to get out of their own way, they can take advantage of the therapist, the classes, the other kinds of things they're doing. And I felt really gratified about that. So that, too, was an epiphany. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so I think that's great that the therapist thought to call you and tell you this, this is really working to give you the, I guess, the affirmation and the confidence to continue doing it. So how did how did the path sort of unravel from there? What were what were the next steps? Well, um, the I continued to do these programs and at first being a quarter of my practice and then half of my practice and then it developed into a significant part of the leadership laboratory with senior executives who were very surprised that we were able to talk about this in a class that was an organizational effectiveness class. And so um, I got a little more confidence, a, little, a lot more confidence, because everyone who participated was getting results. In fact, um, I know you joined me at a time that I was giving a short presentation uh, last year, and I know that the question itself uh, impacted you. You want to say a little bit about that? Yeah, I was going to say, you know, up, even today, you're still giving workshops on this topic of willingness. And I had the chance to sit in your audience uh, about a year and a half ago. And we had already talked a bit about it. So I was, I had an understanding of what you do. And I thought I was just going to support you and 
you know, kind of be in the audience, but I, I took a worksheet and I did the exercises you laid out for us. And it was so powerful for me. And I ended up having a real epiphany in the room that day because I, at that time I was running an online community and I kept saying to myself, I want to make this really big. I want to have like 500 members in the next two years. And yet I was, I was stopping myself from doing that. And by asking myself, why might I be unwilling? It uncovered that I was actually really scared of growing it to that size because it meant I might have to hire more staff and it would be more work. And what if I couldn't keep up and what if I let everyone down and what if I couldn't actually do it after all? But when I looked at all of those fears, I realized, you know, those are all just limiting beliefs because there's actually no proof that backs up that I wouldn't be able to do the work. And my track record was actually really strong. So there were a lot of different things going on in that workshop for me to help me see why I was holding myself back, what was standing in my way and what was real and what was fake and what could I do next to actually go toward my goal. So it was, it was so powerful and I'm excited to have you on the podcast today so that we can talk more about how do people work through these questions so that they can uncover things they might not otherwise be able to see? Yeah. I, I want to say one other thing that's my memory of that workshop. Um, when I had given a 10 minute introduction about the, the, the importance of the question of, are you actually willing to get the results you've been thinking about, talking about, writing down, etc.? Um, and I finished that short presentation, one woman raised her hand and she said, you know what? I can go home now. <laughs> I have just asked myself this question in this moment and I know exactly what's going on for me and it's not going to go on anymore. And I, and so the power of the question, just the question is wonderful. And that's what I hope we're offering today. Yeah, absolutely. So let's go through your willingness check and um, maybe you can show us, you know, how it works. Sure. So you, you start with asking the question, what do I want? Tell us about this. Well, first you have to start with, you know, what you're trying to do or and what you want. And so I ask you to do it. And obviously I have I have uh, for people who send us a note. Um, I can get, give them the, uh, the PDF of this, this uh, five, these five questions. But in any case, um, say what you want. For instance, now you have an audience of speakers, uh, and this is a speaker podcast. So let's say that somebody wants three gigs in the next three months. And, but I ask you to say it two ways. One, to identify what you're wanting. And two, to really affirm it as if you already have it. In other words, I'm now easily uh, performing three gigs a month, or I have easily attracted three gigs a month. And to welcome the twinge in your body that may come from telling yourself what is not true, or what does not feel true, but what it is, what is a future truth for you. Okay, so there's two parts. There's saying what I want and making it sound like it's already happening by saying I have. So that's step one. Yep. And then step two is to dare people to ask themselves, why might I be unwilling, which is like the best question, most powerful question I think I've ever heard. So how do they figure that out? Well, they just start asking themselves. Um, I believe that uh, with... I, I had a client one time come and say, well, I really don't know what I want to do. And I said to her, well, 
um, you know, if you believe you don't know what you want to do, I can't really help you. What we have to do is look at what's in the way. And so um, she made a list. And the reason I don't know what I, what I want to do is X, Y, Z, A, B, C. Some people find an answer at, at answer 10. Some people find an answer at answer 4. The woman in the group uh, that I mentioned earlier that you were at found her answer at question 1. Uh, and another person that I remember found their answer at question 76. So it's just re in that allowing yourself to answer that question without censure. Yeah. And I think that you have to either start being honest with yourself or kind of learn how to be honest with yourself. Because I think if I asked myself that question, why might I be unwilling five years ago, I probably would have come up with different answers. And I don't think they would have gotten to the heart of what was really stopping me because I've been doing this work for a while. So the answers, I think, appear a little a little more quickly. But for someone who hasn't done it before, you're right. It, sometimes it takes a long time to finally get to the core of what's in the way because maybe you just haven't done the work yet. Yeah. And, and so then the next step is to review the list. And, you know, people feel like a schmuck redo, reviewing what they've told themselves, the truth that they've told themselves. And those answers can be all over the map. And some of them can be ridiculous answers. But I encourage people to just take those answers because in each of those answers, there's a nugget. Uh, and, you know, the, the answer may not be that deep. Uh, I had a client, 62 years old, who was um, had been relieved of her job. Uh, the job was taken away, and she was looking for a new one. And having a lot of trouble, this is a very accomplished woman, doing all the right things, networking, interviewing, da-da-da-da, nothing was happening, and she did her willingness check, and what came up was, you know, her parent was ill and needed her attention, and instead, it was that easy to say, oh my gosh, this job is not what I need right now, I have to take care of this, and so and amazingly, and then six months she got back and, and got the job. So it was an issue of timing, and she gave herself permission to tell herself the truth. Now is not the right time for me to be in job search. Mm -hmm. and, and so once she made that realization, then you say the fourth step is to formulate a more useful mindset. What does that look like, and, and what did she do? Well... She didn't do, need to do that much because the answer was so easy. Oh, this is the time for me to spend with my parents. But I will tell you a story of my own anguish around this, which may answer your question, because there's an art and a science to changing this mindset. But I remember years ago, somebody called me up and asked me to write an article. And you say yes to those requests. <laughs> And uh, so I got off the phone and I said, oh, my gosh, I don't know how to write this article. I can't do it. What am I possibly going to say? And then I said, you know, Martha, you teach this stuff. How about using your own process? And so I started saying to myself, I do know what 
is should be this article what require what this article requires i know how to write it it's easy for me to write it after all they called me because they know that i know something about this but in the process of changing that belief in the moment i was crying i was screaming because the two parts of me the part that didn't think i knew was fighting with the part that knew that i did know somewhere in there and so and and i was screaming and i was crying <laughs> and um after about five minutes of this little exercise of putting in the new mindset um i just breathed a sigh of relief and something in my brain had opened up to where within the next five minutes i had the article outlined and so that has never left me the fact that we need to adjust a belief about our possibilities is not necessarily an easy thing. And people stop in the middle uh, and don't go for it. Why do you think that is? Well, I think the belief, our limits that we place on ourselves are so powerful and have been so ingrained uh, that when they get triggered, we see that as the truth of the matter. And it's very hard to say, no, I'm going to tell myself a lie for a while, something that feels like a lie for a while, until that begins to represent the truth. Because obviously they called me. I did know. But I wasn't accessing that truth in that moment. I was accessing the fears, the the lack of confidence, and the... Well, the fear and the lack of confidence to do it. So the final step is to stay aware. And that sounds like a really important piece as far as not getting stuck in the limiting belief. So how do we do this? Well, I would, once you recognize the importance of having a mindset that really is grounding, is in alignment with what you want to do in the world, um, we simply have to be aware um, to start paying attention to where in life do we hesitate? Where in life are we postponing? And continue to ask ourselves the question. And um, some of those, that postponement might be a signal that there's unwillingness to be probed deeper. But some of that postponement or hesitation, maybe it's just not the right time now. So don't beat yourself up about whatever comes up. You just be aware of how you're hesitating in your life path and what you may want to do about it. Yeah, just remaining curious and open yeah. to it. Like, absolutely. Yeah. Can you share a story about working with someone who did this work and how things changed for them? Well, it's a, it's an ongoing process. I think of the when I was teaching many, many classes years ago, I think of the story of Bill. He was a stockbroker and he had um, come because he was doing fairly well at work, but he knew that he could supercharge his sales goals and his results. And what he found when he asked himself the willingness question was that he had come into the business with two friends and he was doing better than they, and he did not want to lose the friendships by moving far ahead of them. And, you know, that's not something he would have thought about on himself 
by himself. Like he hadn't directly asked the question. And he then he took that answer seriously and he worked with it and he said, you know, it doesn't have to be that way. I can still be friends with everybody and I'm gonna just go forward. And of course his his results doubled or tripled and I found I was looking through old files. You know, I'm a seventy six year old woman and I'm cleaning my ops out. But I found an old file with a note from Bill uh, saying that he had won a trip to Cancun as one of the top performers in the company. So it was that permission that he was able to give himself to uh, do what he wanted to do in life. Mm-hmm. Permission is so powerful, whether it's giving permission to yourself or getting permission from others. I find sometimes when I'm coaching people, my clients just want to know that I think it's okay that they take the next step or that, you know, that whatever they want to do is possible for them. So you're right there that that's a really important piece of growth and, and taking chances is that permission. Um, one thing I have, I'm interested in asking you about is why willingness isn't a buzzword or it's not talked about a lot. Cause we hear a lot about imposter syndrome and the inner critic, but we don't hear about this topic of willness, willingness very much. Why do you think that is? It's interesting, probably because 35 years ago, I was afraid to put it out there. (laughs) But um, I I think that, you know, we are so used to the notion of uh, fear. We all have fear. We all have inner critics. We all are imposters in some way. And, And I think we give too much power to those issues as being legitimate excuses um, and we blame, oh, you know, I can't do that because, well, I have this inner critic. But if you are serious about doing what you want to do in life, we can't take the time with excuses. We have to be willing to talk to our inner critic and say, hmm, what does that represent about my willingness, my deep willingness to do this or not? And um, the fear, our deep willingness is really taking 100% responsibility for the fact that, yes, I have some fear, but what's that about? And am I willing to not be driven and guided and uh, grounded in my fear? And am I willing to replace it with, hey, I've got a possibility here. I may feel icky or twingy or funny about it, trying us something new, but hey, I'm gonna put my energy behind being willing and responsible for taking charge of my full life. Mm-hmm. I love that. Is there anything else we should know about this topic of willingness? Well, I think that a couple of things. One is just to know that it's a tool you can use forever and to probe your alignment with the results you say you want um, at any age. I, I believe that willingness is really the shortest distance between desire and results. And so 35 years now after creating the willingness check, I believe the tool actually is more critical for people to be aware of, and maybe I will start talking about it more. 
because change continues to accelerate. It's like every six months, we have to update ourselves. We are the ones that are having to craft and create responses to this this never-ending change. And we have to know how to recreate ourselves internally. So I am, as you know, a bona fide member of the silent generation. I'm 76. And what I am now doing is inviting folks over 60 faced with a new chapter of life and facing their own mortality to be willing to plan the lives and the deaths and the mastery that will serve them for the remaining years. So I, any age, your listeners, your speakers who are stepping into a new phase and my clients who are stepping into the third chapter of their lives. I'm really grateful for this opportunity to share what I think is a critical tool with your students and your listeners. Yeah, that's beautiful. Thank you for sharing it. And I think it's, it's just one of those things that it sounds so simple when you hear it. And when you do it, you find out it's something that can change your life. So I'm really glad to know that you're going to continue doing the work, especially with, with, um, you know, folks over 60 and it's, it's really for everyone. So what I want to do now is jump into the lightning round. We have five quick questions with Martha. Number, uh, number one is what's the number one piece of advice you have for women who want to be well-known speakers? Claim the stage. (laughs) (laughs) Go see Angela. (laughs) But but in in line of what we're talking about, I want you to ask yourself what claiming the stage means to you and check out if you are willing to do it. Very simple. Yeah. Number two, do you have a personal operating philosophy? And if so, what is it? It's the same as I've had forever, and I'm just really noticing what that is now with perspective of time. Do what interests you. Do what you care about. Do what you want to learn about. There's always room for another real person on the planet. Mm -hmm. Number three, what advice would you give to your 25-year-old self? At 25, I didn't know that I should be seeking out an elder to help me see where life was going and the ways that I could better prepare for it. Mm-hmm. Number four, what advice do you have for your 75 year old self? Maybe we should say 95 year old self. <laughs> you know what? Keep doing what makes me happy. And number five, if you had to pick one object to represent yourself, what would you pick? I'm going to pick, a cane. That sounds ridiculous. But in some ways, we can't do any of this alone. And it's a symbol for me of finally learning to accept support. And lastly, what does it mean to you to claim the stage? To finally dare to say what I know and what I deeply feel to be true, even if As always, I don't feel quite ready. But to your listeners, say what you know, say what's true for you, even if you don't feel quite ready, because your audience will find you. 
Absolutely. Is there anything you'd like to share with our audience today? Well, just I think what will be on the podcast announcement is um, my own uh, website, www.meetmarthajohnson.com. And I have some links there, which will uh, give you more information on willingness and on the breakthrough process, which is another name that I have for it. But, uh, you know, just to remember, willingness is the shortest distance between desire and results. I love it. And are you on social media or should we just go to your website and check you out there? I am on LinkedIn and just posted another article, Beware, your third chapter is around the corner or something. I don't remember the title. Um, and yes, so you can email me at uh, martha at net, And I'd be very happy to send you the PDF of the five steps that we've gone over today. The willingness check. Yes, the willingness check. Perfect. Well, Martha, thanks so much for coming on the show today. I'm really glad you got to share this with so many women who are interested in being speakers and may hit those roadblocks and feeling like they can't, they can't get on a bigger stage or they can't talk to a bigger audience because really anything is possible. It's just about recognizing those limiting beliefs and being able to work through them. So thank you so much. You're very welcome. I loved it. Well, there you have it. My interview with Martha Johnson. How amazing is she? She has so many great stories and such wisdom to share with the world. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider rating it and leaving a review if you are listening on iTunes. It's super simple and only takes a minute. Your review will help more people to find the show. And if you're not already on my mailing list, please go on over to AngelaLucier.us to sign up. You'll get special offers, public speaking tips, and updates I only share via email. Thanks again for listening. And that's it for me, folks. As always, stop waiting, start creating. I'll see you next time.